0: Good morning, it is Manchester is burning for January 7, 2021, Manchester City 2, Manchester United 0, for today, Manchester is blue. I'm going to apologize to y'all folks, y'all, I'm going to be a little bit subdued today. Today is not a happy day has nothing to do with whether or not Manchester City won or lost or Manchester United won or lost. has nothing to do with Ali's tactics, because Ali or Pep or anything to do with Manchester football. I am going to connect the two because of what happened yesterday in Washington, D.C., and I'm going to talk about it in the second segment. I'm going to talk about the derby in this first segment. If you don't want to hear politic talk, I am going to try to tie it to football. I am going to tie culture and ethics and morality to football. I'm going to try to do that because this is a football fan podcast, videocast, what you want to call it. I'm going to try to tie the things together. But if you want to skip it, go right ahead. You don't want to hear it, go right ahead. I hope to open some eyes and ears in the second segment. Give my instant reaction to what happened yesterday in the capital of the United States. The capital of what we hope to still be a free, liberal democracy. There is some hope at the end of the, end of the day, into the wee hours, just a moment, few hours ago. I'll talk about that in the second segment. There are no shout outs. I'm just going to go right into my my reaction to the Manchester Derby, the Battery Acid Cup, or the Carabao Cup, or the Manchester City Cup, whichever you want to call it, y'all, my reaction to it. The story of that match, to me, point number one, I don't know how many points I'm going to have, but point number one, the story of the match really is the back line of Manchester United and the back line of Manchester City. That's the story. So as I was preparing to watch this match, which I did not live, I was going to, I planned to, I was getting geared up to and excited for. But I'll get to that later. I saw the lineup for Manchester United first. I saw the the lineup. I saw the formation. Four, three, one, two. I knew this match was either going to be a draw after 90 minutes or that Manchester United was going to lose. Why? Two words. Actually, three. Three words. Shrubbery and tree. Shrubbery and tree. Cousin Ollie, man, I want to believe in you. I want to believe in you, but you get way too emotional about this stuff. You know, everyone knows who has a rational mind, and I'll talk about rational minds later, but everyone knows who has a rational mind who has watched Manchester United all season long knows that your shrubbery and tree back line is a recipe. For dour, waste, mess-up, dumpster fire. You know. Come on. Be objective. Be rational. You know that a back line of a tree in McGuire and a piece of shrubbery that can't barely move in the wind in Lindelof is a recipe for a low line, open midfield, which then was dominated, no energy, no fluidity, sucked up back line, and a recipe for disaster because they don't know how to handle said pieces. They don't know how to handle corners. And guess what happened? I'll get to that, my second point. My second point. Or should I get that in third point? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Sorry, y'all. I'm a little disorganized. I'm a little, little upset today. But not about Manchester football. Then you look at the back. You look at the lineup that City threw out there. Now, I do not like it when Pep decides, oh, I'm going to do a 3-5-2. Pep, I realize you did not have a, uh, a center forward. I know, Uncle Pep, you didn't have a center forward that you felt you could put in there in a lineup. I know, Uncle Pep, you didn't have a gueto. But you know, Uncle Pep, that a 3 is a recipe for disaster. That's a recipe for a mess. Another dumpster fire. But luckily, you were facing cousin Ollie, who likes to put a tree and a shrubbery in the back line. Now, what you had was a back line combination. Actually, it was a three man combination of Zinchenko, Ruben Diaz, and John Stones. There will be songs, chants, stories, books written about the. Renovation mentally and physically, the re emergence, the rising from the ashes of personal mayhem and irrationality of John Stones back from a death spiral professionally, back to claim his place in the starting lineup at City. Sit there. Much has been said, much will continue to be said if the trajectory continues to go upwards as it has been. The combination of John Stones and Ruben Diaz has been the biggest factor in the defensive solidity and fluidity that Manchester City has enjoyed that has allowed them the ability To not be so fluid, not be so organized, not be able to take their chances, not be able to get chances on the offensive end. That is a solid back line. Solid. Like concrete in Michigan in January, frozen tundra. Solid. Like a rock. They were the difference. The back lines were the difference. So that gives me my third point. Manchester City didn't get many chances. However, the chances they did get, they were able to mostly convert. Why? Because a tree and a shrubbery were in the back line of Manchester United. And then on the set piece that gave the goal, which ended up on John Stone's thigh, Because no one on Manchester United's team could clear a cross into the box. No one can. And the responsibility for that is the tree and the shrubbery. The center backs are the responsible people to make sure that that is cleared out. They didn't do it. Ball ended up again on the back post. Ended up on John Stone's thigh. And in the net, one nothing. John Stone's the most unlikely goal scorer in history who hasn't scored a goal in 400 years, ends up with a goal. Why? Because a tree and a shrubbery were being a tree and a shrubbery. A tree can only be a tree. A shrubbery can only be a shrubbery. They cannot be both, and they can't be something else at the same time. Lindelof is a shrubbery. McGuire is a tree. That's all they're going to be together. You have to have a tree and someone who can actually move. Like a jaguar or a cougar or a puma. Puma! That's what a Bale is. He's someone who's fast. Who's got some speed. Who's a little reckless but can actually move. Now, I'm not saying that John Stones and Ruben Diaz are Pumas and Jaguars are Cougars. They're not. But they don't stand still. They have fluidity. They can move. They have instincts. They're not reactionary. They're proactive. And they're not stuck to the ground. They can do the job. job requires some matter of movement some level of pace and some level of fortitude some level of ability to jump some ability and ability to tackle and defend the back line of stones and Diaz for City shut down United's abilities to make solid scoring opportunities it was the tree in the shrubbery that allowed City to convert their minimal chances That it was game, set, match, road to the battery acid final. What would have happened, Cousin Ali, if you had started the tree in the Puma, in the Kuga? What would have happened if Eric Bale was in that center-back pairing? You know it works. Uncle Pep? Why? Why? You could have only gotten away with three five two against cousin Ollie. Why? I mean I understand you didn't have a center forward. Well you did, but you didn't you chose not to put one in, mind you, Uncle. Ah uh, I mean Pep. Uncle Pep. Don't do not do 3 five, two again, Uncle Pep. Don't. Don't do it. But I understand why you did it. I think. I'm not sure. But the thing of it is, is that Manchester City has a better team. They have a better manager. They have a better organization. And it shows in big matches. That's the third point. When you have a better team, a better manager, better tactics, better organization, better ownership, you're not going to win all the titles. You're not going to win every match, but you're going to come out on top when it matters. Manchester United is progressing. The experiment, the process, whatever the bloody blank you want to call that mess is still moving forward. This is one or two steps backwards, but this is the fourth semifinal that has been bottled by poor tactics, poor management, poor lineups by Cousin Ali. This is why I have stood on the ground and said Cousin Ali can only take United to the level that they are at right now. I do not believe I have seen no objective evidence to support that Cousin Ale is going to get this club to the next level of lifting trophies. I know as a manager of the the, the youth setups and the the youth setups in the academy that he lifted trophies. I know he lifted trophies in Norway, but that is different from being the manager of a Premier League Side In the big matches that count You have to win them You have to win the big matches that count In order to lift I do not think That Cousin Ali is going to get Manchester United To that level Uncle Pep Stop tinkering No more 352. You know what works. You have the setup. Just play it out. You have almost got city to where they need to be. You have transformed them based on the available team you have. Then you overanalyze it and start messing around. Don't do it. Just play the cards that are dealt the way you deal them. That doesn't make no sense. What am am I talking about? No, C- Uncle Pep, there's a saying, dance with who got you here, or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. Sorry, y'all. I, I'm, I'm, my brain's not working. Uncle Pep, my point is do what you know what works. Play it straight. Don't outsmart the room. Play your game. That's it. You got a solid back line. Let them do their job. Put in the pieces in place and let them play. Let them play. Manchester City moves on to the battery acid final against Tottenham. I wish that that final was actually closer, but I understand why they put it in the late April. Hopefully, fans will actually be at Wembley in order to watch that match. Manchester City will go for their fourth battery acid Carabao Cup, Gerbil Cup, Coca-Cola Cup, AFL Cup final. It will be theirs. But Uncle Pep gets to face Jose. Mourinho and Spurs, who have not won a title. I think their last last trophy was 1,100 years ago. I think it was an EFL Cup, actually. But that's going to be in April. They're going to be two different teams in April, promise you. They will not be the same teams. So we'll have to see when they get there what's going to happen if this match would play two weeks from now I might be able to have an idea of what to tell you but I think they're gonna be two different teams two different worlds when we get to April the title challenges will be on City who is probably the biggest challenger to Liverpool it's not United Cousin Ali can't do it can't win the big matches I'm telling you now draw against Liverpool at best is coming City is the biggest threat to the pool coming up. Now, this is the end of the first segment where I talked about my reaction, instant reaction, not so instant reaction to City and United. Now I'm going to go and I'm going to weave. I'm going to try the second segment to weave football into politics, culture and history and ethics. You may not want to hear it. You may not like it. You may want to throw your TV, your phone, your whatever that you're listening to this mess on out a window. But I got to react to what happened yesterday in Washington, D.C. in the American experiment and how this ties to the Manchester Derby for me. welcome to the second segment on manchester is burning january 7 2021 again i apologize y'all my my energy level is not that great mainly because of what happened in my country the united states yesterday my manchester derby day watching the battery acid semifinal was ruined absolutely ruined I spoke not too long ago on this pod video cast about radical altruism as it related to the football fan. I said that radical altruism was the cause of every badism in the world. Extremism, racism, totalitarianism, communism, Racism, tribalism, and terrorism. That's what I said. I said that radical altruistic football fan ends up in an echo chamber where they destroy in nihilistic frenzy all that is good that is not them. That their lives are completely pathologically Absorbed by the mob that is fandom of their club. They eliminate rational thought, objectivity, rationality, and reason to whatever the mob that they have put their life and mind into, into some bizarre collectivistic mind, whatever that mob comes up with, true or not. That's what they feed into. When you attack nihilistically things that are good just because they're good based on lack of reason, lack of rationality, that is a symptom of radical altruism. What is altruism? Ayn Rand, the philosopher, Russian-American philosopher, stated this definition of altruism, quote, What is the moral code of altruism? The basic principle of altruism is that man has no right to exist for his own sake. That service to others is the only justification of his existence and that self-sacrifice is his moral duty, virtue, and value. That is essentially the self-degradation, emoliation, and self-destruction of the individual self, the individual mind, the individual right of free will to the collective. Putting the collective, the party, the mob, the club, whatever, above one's individual self and mind and will. Further quote, do not confuse altruism with kindness, goodwill, or respect for the right of others. These are not primaries, but consequences, which in fact, altruism makes impossible. The irreducible primary of altruism, the basic absolute, is self-sacrifice, which means self-amiliation, self-abnegation, self-denial, self-destruction, which means the self as a standard of evil and the selfless as a standard of the good. I'm not saying you can't have goodwill. But you have goodwill based on an individual right. Of your own mind, your own decision, not out of a moral obligation. I talked about this in another podcast. What is the psychological impact of the morality of altruism? Four things. Lack of self-esteem. Quote, again from Enron, since his first concern in the realm of values is not how to live his own life, but how to sacrifice it. Second impact, psychologically, lack of respect for others. If you look at humankind as being doomed... That is constantly crying out for someone else's help. You lose respect for others. Another fallout of radical altruistic morality is, quote, a nightmare view of existence. A nightmare view of existence in which the universe appears to be malevolent where disasters are continuous and a primary issue. Four, quote, again, Ayn Rand, and in fact a lethargic indifference to ethics, a hopelessly cynical amorality since questions involve situations which he or she is not likely ever to encounter, which bear no relation to the actual problems of their own life, and thus leave them to live without any moral principles, whatever. The person who is the victim of their own abnegation of their own individual self and mind hands themselves over to the morality of altruism, thus for hands themselves over to The mob, the mob of conspiracies, the mob of lies, the mob of the club, the mob of irrationality, lack of reason, lack of objective thought. It's whatever the mob says, whatever the leader of that mob says over anything else, over objectivity, rationality, critical thinking. That is what happened yesterday. The American experiment has never actually been conducted. So you cannot say that it is a failure. Why? Because America, the United States of America, was built on two opposing value aspects. Individual rights, but also the morality of altruism and self-sacrifice, which thus far led to tribalism, racism, discrimination, extremism, etc. Those are incompatible. The morality of self-sacrifice, the morality of putting everything above the individual self and mind and will is not compatible with capitalism or individual rights. Thus for that is what the United States has been built upon and has been been fought out bloodlessly and with blood over hundreds of years. That is what played out yesterday in Washington, D.C., a mob mob with the morality of self-sacrifice to the mob and the mob leader became domestic terrorists who should have been handled like terrorists. They believe every irrational lie, conspiracy theory, falsehood without question without any individual rational thought without looking at any legitimate objective facts they just believe in the mob ruler the coup leader the leader of sedition which happens to be the current sitting president of the united states Who should be arrested on January the 20th for sedition? That's another story for another day. Radical altruism leading to tribalism, extreme tribalism, leading to collectivism, leading to racism, leading to totalitarianism, because the individual mind has been given over to conspiracy theory, falsehoods, whatever, spewed without question by whatever mob ruler exists. The American experiment has not been fully conducted. Why? Reason two for that is the fact that There have been too many moments, and they have continued. It has been improving, and I'll get to that in a second, but it has been improving. The United States of of America has not, has not completely embraced and followed in practice to its fullest the security, defense of the individual rights of everyone the enlightenment in philosophy took us out of the medieval darkness of subjectivity and mysticism and conspiracies and took us into the realm of rationality facts scientific inquiry capitalism liberal democracy And the United States of America was built on those ideas. In principle, in concept in the Constitution was the idea of individual rights. The United States of America, unfortunately, has not fulfilled its primary concept. Because still, to this day, the individual rights of others and their property for every individual regardless of who they are, what they are, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, have not been fully respected and defended. That is because of the radical morality of extreme altruism that has led to collectivism, tribalism, racism, totalitarianism and led indirectly to the rise of the current president who is nothing But a mob, coup leader, who has no individual mind of his own, has no ability to rationally think, has no ability to look at anything objectively, has no sense of reason, no sense of self-morality. He is an altruist himself. But because he had R behind his name, he was elected. But here we are, the mob tried to take over. And for a moment, they were successful. And it was a disgrace. It was sad. It it filled me with rage and anger that this country that should have been built on individual rights and the protection of individual rights of everybody, the individual property of everyone fell to this level. fell to the level of an insurrection, a terrorist domestic act that should have been prevented. Why should it have been prevented? Because everyone, for the last several decades, we have been told in this country that domestic terrorism is the biggest threat to the United States of America More so than foreign terrorists. This has been building for decades. Because of this morality of radical altruism leading to extremism. Because you give your individual mind and will over to the mob. You have no critical thinking individually. So you just believe anything that a charismatic leader that spews nonsense will tell you. Because you've given yourself over to it. It's been building for decades, probably more than that, but nobody listened. Nobody wanted to. And when domestic terrorism struck, again, it was ignored. Ignored. The warnings were ignored. Everyone should have known that on January 6th, this could have happened. And they weren't prepared. Let me tie this to the Manchester Derby a little bit. The Derby. I was preparing to watch the Derby yesterday. I looked at the lineups, but I, I decided, hey, I, I need to watch what's happening in Washington, D.C., because Congress was going to be certifying the Electoral College votes, and there were going to be objections to it based on bizarre conspiracy theories, hamsters and gerbils, whatever, UFOs, I, whatever nonsense that would be come up with. I was about to switch over about to switch over, but then I saw people standing on the outside levels, and I saw a mob led by a terrorist, a coup leader, president attack the u s. Capitol building. And everything changed. Football didn't matter to me no more. Now my country, it's been attacked from within by people believing in conspiracies and lies who have had their individual minds turned over to the will of someone who is, has no mind of his own either. It's just spewing conspiracy and theories and lies with no facts. That the ideals, the enlightenment, the ideals of what maybe this country could actually end up being, were being attacked from within. So I didn't watch the match. I didn't turn the match on. I didn't want to. I didn't even want to talk about it. Because I was enraged. I was sad. I was angry. Maybe afraid of what could happen next. I feared the worst. And maybe I still do. Now, during the midst of all this, the individual who has the highest YouTube channel subscribers, the the highest number in Manchester City, YouTube fan channel subscribers, who has the most of them, tweeted something out that the defense of backline of Diaz and Stones was a better defense than the defense of the US Capitol. He tweeted it out. Remember, this man is the person running the YouTube channel the Man City fan YouTube channel with the most subscribers. A channel that I have supported. And he made in a tweet a connection as a joke, I think, I assume, between Manchester City's back line and the defense of the capital. This is no joke to me. This is my country. Do you want me to put out a joke if domestic terrorists attack Downing Street or the parliament building? That's not a joke. Now I'm not calling him out. And the reason why is because within hours he took the tweet down. But I sent him a tweet in response saying it wasn't funny, it was offensive. That's just my opinion. Other people thought may probably did think it was funny. That's fine. They had their individual thoughts on that. I had mine and I made mine known. And that kind of dulled even further my, my my desire to even deal with this Manchester Derby. It really did. I was like, oh man, I, I don't even want to deal with this. I gotta focus on on what's gonna happen to my country. What am I gonna tell my kids about what happened? Well, I actually had one kid. Well, if you count my puppy, I got two kids. What am I going to do? What am I going to tell my family? What am I going to tell you? And I still don't quite know. But the morality of altruism leads to the mob because of lack of individual thought, the abrogation of individual critical thinking, looking at objective facts the the annihilation of reason and rationality it happens in football which leads in its worst form to violence and it has in the past over decades like a lot of that's been snuffed out now but it's not completely gone in football or in any sport for that matter the complete because of Radical altruism, the complete abdication of individual thought and reason and rationality and individual critical thinking based on facts, giving over to the mob, club, the team, the political party, whatever, leads to extremist, leads to extremism, to totalitarianism, to racism. How many Confederate flags did I see? in the mob in DC. How many KKK flags did I see? Again, extremism, terrorism, racism. So I did eventually watch, I still have not watched the full match in full, but I've seen enough highlights multiple highlights, multiple pieces of the match to give you my analysis earlier. But I will leave you this, that is the morality of altruism, of extreme altruism, not to be confused with compassion, not to be confused with the idea of goodwill, which altruism actually destroys. There are two pieces of hope One piece, an African-American man from the state of Georgia, not the most uh, wonderful state for individual rights for everyone, we all know this historically and even currently, But the citizens of the state of Georgia in the United States of America elected for the first time an African-American male to the United States Senate. That means the entire state elected an African-American man to the United States Senate. There have been African-American men and women who have been elected from southern states To be representatives in particular districts. This is different. This is the entire state. Second, hope. The United States Congress, despite its divisions, despite many people within the United States Congress who also are radical altruists, who do not believe in facts, who do not believe in objectivity, who do not have rational minds for themselves, however, As a governmental entity, as a body, they fulfilled their obligation to the United States Constitution, to federal American law, and they went forward with their duty in the wee hours of the morning, despite everything that happened during the day, despite the fact that they were attacked by domestic terrorists, the mob, led by a coup leader president. They still went forward and fulfilled their duty in the end. And they did certify the Electoral College votes, which provides the presidency to Joe Biden and the vice presidency to Kamala Harris. Not that I completely agree with their politics. I do not. They're collectivist in some matter or form themselves. But they're much, 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 much better than the cool leader, seditious, traitor president that we have now. But they fulfilled their duty. In the wee hours, they announced that it was done. They did not give in. In the process... Created by the United States Constitution, by the founding fathers, whatever their faults, and they had a lot. But the mission is complete, at least for that part of it. There is so much work left to do. I implore that we return to rationality. We return to individual rights for everyone. A return to looking at facts, not not subjective conspiracies. I implore that we teach our children to critically think again. We teach our children facts. We teach our children to be objective. To teach our children to have individual minds to actually challenge. But challenge in a way based on facts and reason and science. I hope we can get back to that. Because it is only through that can the American experiment that has never been conducted because it has never truly fulfilled the promise of valuing every individual's right to free will, everyone's ability individually to think and do as they please without violating the rights of other people to do the same. That's the only way that that experiment can be conducted. Manchester's burning is out for today. Thank you.